between the book Test Testimonies by Ellen White and the book Heaven by Ellen White. So feel free to invite family and friends or relatives to tune in with us and just tell them which books we're working from. And that would be great. Um, before we get started, we're on in the book Heaven, chapter 15, talking about the earth made new. And before we get started, we'd like to ask Sister Alvina if you would give us an opening prayer, please. Dear Lord, thank you for waking us up. Thank you for bringing us together for another day to praise you, to serve you, to worship you, to learn more about you and your goodness, dear Lord. I, I look forward to meeting you soon, all of us together. Dear, dear Lord, please keep us. Please help our families. Strengthen all of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. You. Amen. Now this week we're talking about the earth made new and I know you, everybody already read the chapter, but before you read the chapter, what was your idea of what the earth would look like, uh, the, the earth made new? What was your idea of what it would look like? Anybody? What'd you think the well, earth Elder Carol, I know it says we, we can't imagine, but I just imagine the first thing I, I just said, I'm going to see nothing but trees and plants and flowers and especially the water just to be peaceful and, and not have to worry about being sick no more, no more pain, sorrow, nothing. Just a relaxing atmosphere that I'll be relaxing and just knowing that I'm being with Jesus. Hmm. Okay. Anybody else? What do you think it was going to look like or imagine? No mosquitoes, poison ivy, or poison oak. No itch. <laughs> okay. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, I think about the fact that there won't be any more seas, so that means that so much more of the earth will be covered with the verdure, as Ellen White puts it, of greenery and plants and all of that and um, mm -hmm. that we'll have a house in the city and a house in the country. Uh, never had that before. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, it'll be better than it was before. The, well, I, I imagine the new earth as being more beautiful than before sin even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty interesting. Anyone else? What'd you imagine the new earth would look like? I'm going to miss seeing all that beautiful water. I know that. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. No, no more poison ivory or oak. Yeah. That's what the kid is saying. Amen. Now, I always wondered, I always thought maybe it would be rather flat since the mountains came up as a result of the great flood and the canyons and stuff. So I was thinking it would probably be flat, you know, just. No more hills to climb. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, very interesting, but as it says, the very first sentence in the chapter says what? <laughs> more glorious than we can imagine. So mm -hmm. all of our imaginations wouldn't even get close to what it's really gonna look like. Mm -hmm. And you know, what we think is beautiful is what we've seen on this earth, sin scarred and um, not in its perfect form. That's all we've seen. Adam mm -hmm. and Eve saw, saw it in its perfect uh, creation. <clears throat> and some of the uh, mm -hmm. their children were able to look at the Garden of Eden and see it 
but the rest of us, we just see what we see now. So we wouldn't be able to imagine what it would look like other than what we have experienced. So it'll be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Even says the lion, which we should dread and fear here, will lie down with the lamb and everything will be peace. And I thought this next sentence was very interesting. The trees of the new earth will be what? Um, lofty and straight without yeah, deformity. Straight, lofty, without deformity. I thought the trees we have now look pretty good, but they're deformed. <laughs> mm. The new earth trees will be straight. <laughs> So that's pretty interesting. Then the saints will have crowns of glory and harps of gold. Says, um, you know, we always talk about uh, how we wouldn't be able to remember things that went on on the earth and there'd be no more pain. It says their former trials and suffering in this world will be forgotten and lost amid the glories of the new earth. So um, can you imagine how that would be? Have you ever suffered through something and then forgot about it afterwards childbirth <laughs> what is that oh childbirth that's a good one good example <laughs> yeah once the baby's born you're so happy mm -hmm. you don't think about too much about the pain that you went through that's an excellent example mm -hmm. so that's how it will be in the new earth all this suffering that we've gone through and going through now we just not even gonna remember that because we'll be looking at all the glories of the new earth. Well, you can say all the sufferings from having a baby, or you can say the relief of having a baby. Sometimes that last month is can be a real. You're just tired. You're just ready for it to happen. So mm -hmm. it's like a relief. Mm -hmm. Yes. No. Uh, none of us can imagine the beauty that is truly gonna be. Uh, does anybody here like abstract art? It's okay sometimes. It has pretty colors. <laughs> pretty colors. You know, if I, you're like an it, I like it in other places. I don't really have any in my house, but yeah, the thing about abstract artists, nobody can tell you what's beauty. Is beauty is truly in the eye of the beholder. You can paint whatever the artist, the artist can paint whatever they desire, and it's beautiful. Beautiful to them, beautiful to other people, maybe not so beautiful to some people. You know, but our imaginations just can't even come up with the glories of heaven. So it's just going to be so beautiful. We won't even, we can't even think of it. It says, let your imagination picture the home of the saved and remember that it will be more glorious than your brightest imagination can portray. So even if we think of the most beautiful, most lofty, most perfect um, picture that we can, it's still going to be way better than that. Mm -hmm. There's no way that we can know. Is, uh, she mentioned that there was something that caused some people to uh, spiritualize, spiritualize away the very truth that we should look upon. What was she saying in the next paragraph? Um, making the future seem too material so that we focus on the beautiful things and the beautiful plants and the beautiful material things. And so that makes them spiritualize away the very truths that lead us to look upon it as our home. Why would, they, why would that cause them to spiritualize it away as opposed to desire it even more fully? 
because I think there's something wrong with having material things. Hmm. You know, and, so, and so in order, you know, Jesus didn't have much when he walked on this earth. So their thinking is, well, we shouldn't wish for much. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyone else? Mm -hmm. oh, I thought that was good what she said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in fact, just to go along with that, what Karen's saying, there are some people who believe that you have to be poor to be a Christian, you know, because of the same feeling that we shouldn't have too many material, shouldn't have material goods, shouldn't have money, shouldn't have wealth or prosperity. Is there anything wrong with that thought? Yeah, I think God wants us to prosper, but it's the motive. It's the motive behind when He gives us something. Are we uplifting Him and helping others? Or are we being selfish? Hmm. Okay. Good point. Anyone else? Should Christians be poor? Do you have to be poor to be a Christian? No, we're supposed to be the head and not the tail. So we are supposed to be blessed above all others. No, you know, yeah. if we're returning faithful tithe and offering, and if we're obeying the, the word of God, he promised in Deuteronomy that we would be blessed in our coming in and our going out and our rising up and our laying down. And so there's nothing wrong with obtaining wealth and putting it to a right use. Yeah, and God, the Bible says it is God who gives man the power to get wealth. You know, the problem is always, it sounds so trite, but it's always when we put the things first. It's kind of like, I like that um, what Karen just said about Deuteronomy because one of the verses says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. So the fact, you know, that, um, if we just stay focused on God, then the blessings will come to us. And being focused on God means he tells us what to do, you know, step by step, and we do those things. Okay, good points. So Christians don't, you don't have to be poor to be a Christian. Is it harmful to look, to read in the scriptures about the, the reward of heaven and to really desire that? Is that a wrong thing to do? No. That's what, that's mm -mm. what God put it out here for us. Yeah, that's so why he's telling us about it through in the Bible, but also through Ellen White. So we can desire it for ourselves and seek after those heavenly things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, then, and I like, like what Karen said, because that's the first thing that came to mind that God said, seek him first, the kingdom of heaven. And I think that's why he informs us that these are the, the things I want for you and I want abundance for you for those who love me and follow me and keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. Okay, and remember Christ came from glory where he had everything. So he already had everything that we desire and he's telling us that he's going to prepare mansions for us. He's going to prepare a city of gold for us. He's going to prepare golden crowns and golden harps for us. So there's nothing wrong with those things. Uh, someone mentioned earlier, it's the intent that can sometimes be a problem. The intent that we have in our hearts is the problem. It's, it's not material goods. It's the intent that we have. And to keep God first and foremost is the main thing to remember. And again, it says human language is inadequate to describe the reward of the righteous. It will be known only to those who behold it. Right, yeah. only to those when you actually receive it, that's when it will be known to you. Alvina, you had a comment? 
Have you ever noticed, uh, I know this is an issue, issue especially for a lot of women, <clears throat> about how men, uh, the men in power in Congress and the Senate and all that, or the um, rulers of this land, want to make decisions on a woman's body, how a woman should treat her body. And men have never had a child, never will have a child. So that feeling of having a child and being pregnant is only known to those who behold it, and those are females. So it's going to be that way with, with heaven. It's only the joy of it will only be known to those who behold it. So you can talk about it, you can think about it, you can imagine it, but you will not know the true joy of it until you get there. Uh, let's go to the next paragraph, it's paragraph 134.3, where it says Garden of Eden restored. When Adam and Eve sinned, was the garden immediately ta taken away? No, no, <clears throat> no, no. It no. wasn't taken away until the, uh, the flood, which was very interesting to me because that meant that that men and women could go and look upon the garden. They couldn't enter in, of course, but they could look upon it. And so you think about the fact, okay, how did it be, how did the world become so evil at that point in time that it had to be destroyed when you had the very evidences of what God originally intended the earth to be like right there to go and look at. You just couldn't go in, but you could look at it. Hmm. Okay. You know, but though, you know, Karen, yeah, I'm going to, I'm not going to relate it maybe a little bit later after this, I'll relate it to what's happening now. But, you know, you, they can look, people, this just tells us that people can really see, they can see a totally bad outcome, but yet still continue on down the wrong pathway. They can see the outcome. You know, it's like sometimes you, you know, you can't really see the outcome of your behavior, but people can see going in this direction is going to be harmful to me, you know, but and still, still go in the direction that they want to go in. And Lakita, they can look at a man and see all the foolishness that comes from him and still vote for him. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Absolutely, yeah. It seems to be a case of humanity that we can look upon something that is just totally degraded and filthy and wrong. And yes, still desire it. The Bible even talks about people who drink and are drunk, that they'll get drunk, they'll injure themselves, they'll fall down and hurt themselves. And then when they wake up in the morning, they say, hey, let's do that again. Mm. Or you would see, you know, people see folks drunk out in the street in the gutter and they want to drink or they'll see people get hooked on drugs and alcohol and, and have um, mental problems because of it and yet they still try these drugs and, you know, you know Lee that's an interesting point because when I hear about people having hangovers and they are just oh their head is hurting and it just takes them a whole day to just get back to normal mm -hmm. and then the next Friday night let's go out drinking Back out. Yeah. 
It is. It's just sad. The sad state of humanity. The things but, that but, harm us are attractive to us. Yeah. So this is my question. At what point does wrong become right and right becomes wrong? You know what I mean? What, what, how do we get, Lakita, you're the therapist. How do we get to that point? <laughs> what, what, what do we have to do along the way, the journey to get to that point where wrong becomes right and right becomes wrong? Well, you know what? The Bible gives us really good insight on that. It says that God will leave them up to a reprobate mind. You know, the more we say no to the Holy Spirit on anything yeah. you know, that is not right, the more we say no, then the less we hear the Spirit of God. And when we stop hearing God's Spirit saying to us, this is not the way, then we have no more conviction. Then, as you see today in some of the things that's going on, then people begin to defend their behavior. You know, sometimes people can buy into a lie or into a position so far, so much, that they begin to defend it, actually. And that's when it becomes right in their mind that we're right and everybody else is wrong. AKA, I'm just using this as an example, no political statement meant here, but AKA, the uh, election was overthrown. People heard it, heard it, digested yep. it, accepted it so long until the Holy Spirit stopped saying to them, no, this is not. And no matter what you say at this point, people actually believe it. And it they believe that they are right. As, they're not pretending. Some, some of these people truly believe that they are right. So that when God leaves them up to a reprobate mind because they refuse to listen. So let me ask a question uh, that uh, some, someone had this week to me. At what point does your belief not be faith? Say that again. At what point is your belief not faith? Because you, you just said they really believe it. They really believe it. Mm -hmm. Well, your belief, well, you know what? Um, people can really, let, well, okay, let's say it like this. These people have to have been convicted. You know, and to me, when people kick against the pricks, they've been convicted. So let's just say, Karen, you talk to somebody and they say, um, you, you say them to them about the Sabbath. The Lord hasn't convicted them of the Sabbath. You might get little or no response from them. They'll be like, oh, okay, that's a different take. The Holy Spirit hasn't convicted them. They don't have any real, you know, orientation. Maybe God's working on something else, you know, that's more vital to their salvation. You know, I, I can't think of what, but maybe there's something else there. But then, to me, when you say, well, the Sabbath, you know, Saturday is the Sabbath, or, you know, the seventh day is the Sabbath, and I observe the Sabbath, and blah, blah, blah. And then they want to get their spirit is raised up, you know, because they've heard it. And now they have taken a position. Well, I don't think that it matters that much. And I don't think now we're in that position <laughs> of where, you know, we are letting ourselves, um, where I, I guess our faith, this is our belief is not faith in God. It's our belief and faith in myself, because that's not going in the direction of that. As long as our mm -hmm. attitudes is in an open position, you know, where we can say, you know, the Holy Spirit can speak to us. I don't believe that there's a sin. It's when we decide I'm not going to do what that says because I don't want to, basically. Hmm. <laughs> it seemed like there's somewhat of a continuum of where does when does faith become presumption and when does presumption become delusion? Mm. We could actually 
like I might have a lot of faith that I can run real fast. I might real fast. I might have faith and say, uh, I'm going to race Usain Bolt and the Lord's going to bless me to beat him. And then I might really think I could do it. Okay. What point did I go from presumption to delusion? Mm. Right. But now if you say it, you know, if the Holy Spirit says you, you can beat Usain Bolt. So now you have something to do. You know, he's going to, he's not, I mean, uh, I just feel like you're going to have to do some practice or something. You know, I don't, I don't think it works that way. I just wake up for no reason out of my sleep and I'm going to be somebody who's been practicing their whole life <laughs> and who's been doing been training, like- yeah, training their whole life. Unless of course the, the miracle from God is necessary to save someone or to reach someone with the gospel. But, you know, because there's so many ways to reach the gospel, that may not be one of them. I think I could get him, Andre. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I'm going to put my money on him, though. (laughs) And, and you know, you guys, another thing, we've heard a lot about how God won't do for you what you do for yourself. So, Ken, I'm going to say, I'm just thinking that you're alluding to someone who don't want to take this shot. And they're saying, well, you know, at what point do my belief become faith it never becomes faith when you have choices to do something different do the right thing you know it's not it's not i believe that god if you cannot take take that shot or uh, protect yourself then god will step in but when you can do it but you choose to a allow fear well i don't know what's in the shot now that's called fear Fear to be mm-hmm. your God. If you allow fear to be your God, be allow self to be your God. I'm not going to get it because you know I don't think that it's necessary. I don't want to give up my rights. That's called oh. selfishness. You know, when we start doing this, paying attention to what's behind the reason that we're doing stuff, then we can see the hand of God a little bit more clearly. And you can't say, uh, and God has prepared a way for people to you know be a, a little bit healthier. You know, it, it doesn't really stop everything, but it prevents some stuff. He provided that, and you're still saying, I need more evidence from God for him. That's called presumption. But I do think, too, sometimes God lets you be patient, and it, and everybody doesn't grow the same, as, especially as far as with the Holy Spirit. Some people take a little longer, but God always sends somebody and the Holy Spirit to talk with you and somebody that can talk and not harass at the same time. So I just wanted to say to everybody on the line, I thank you. And I get my second one on August the 16th. I did the Pfizer. All right, Kathy. You know, and and believe me. I'm going to keep Andre and Karen in mind on August the 16th. And and uh, Pessy, I will say I don't. I, didn't, I hope I wasn't being offensive. I just didn't even think if I would. No, I, I I enjoy listening to people that will give me concrete stuff instead of saying like you know I did have one one person I kind of didn't go around her for a while because she kept if you don't get it you know and I was like I don't need to be pushed into it. Let me think you know let God work and let the Holy Spirit do his job and sending me people and you know and I was on the computer too so uh, and and I said but you know I do think God takes us when you know he talks to us and 
He leads us at our own time, at his own time frame. So I don't think, you know, telling people, you know, we're going to kick you out of your job and all this. I don't think that's necessary. I think they should let the Holy Spirit work. But, you know, some people are not spiritual, so they don't understand that. True. And and that's what I was saying, having your mind open. Because sometimes people's minds are just closed. They just, you know, this is the way I'm going to do it. And yes, he works at everybody at their own pace. And he has a plan for everybody's life that, you know, uh, you may not do a certain thing at this time or get baptized at this time, you know, um, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to get baptized at a different time. When God is all in God's plan, I'm a firm believer that we have to be open to hear God's voice and do when he tells us, when he tells, when he tells us to do it. Amen. Yeah, our faith has to be rooted in God and in his ability, not in each other. Mm-mm. It's nice to be able to trust someone, but our true faith belongs to God. He's the only one that would never let us down. And it comes with prayer, it comes with study, it comes with a relationship. You know, you can't just assume that you know everything about God without studying. You can't just assume he's going to do this or that without knowing his will. And Lakita was mentioned about miracles. God does miracles for his glory, not for ours. So we have to, you know, it's more than just a notion. It takes some study and some experience with the Lord, you know, to grow in faith each and every day. Uh, Let's get back to paragraph 134.3 towards the bottom. And it says, when the tide of iniquity overspread the world and the wickedness of men determined destruction by a flood of waters, the hand that planted Eden withdrew it from the earth. Where did he withdraw it to? Yes, in heaven with him, along with the Ark of the Covenant. It also says, but in the final restitution, when there shall be a a what? New heaven. New heaven heaven and a new earth. A new earth. Then the garden's going to be restored more glorious than at first. Uh, That's amazing. How can it be more glorious? But God can do all things. Says, then they that have kept God's commandments shall breathe in immortal vigor beneath the tree of life and through unending ages, the inhabitants, now check this out, the inhabitants of sinless worlds. That's other worlds, not this one. This is a sinful world. The inhabitants of those worlds that did not sin shall behold in that garden of delight a sample of the perfect work of God's creation, untouched by the curse of sin a sample of what the whole earth would have become had man just fulfilled the creatures, the creator's glorious plan. So isn't that amazing? The the other worlds are going to be looking and they'll see, wow, that's what the whole earth would have become if man had just followed God's plan. It's pretty amazing to, to even think that they'll be able to see what's going on down here. But remember, this is not, um, the cosmic conflict is not limited to Earth. It's everywhere, all the universes that's what, that are, be, uh, are looking and see what's going on. So as, and I, I thought this was interesting. What do you think about this next sentence? It says the redeemed will grow physically to their full stature. What does that mean, full stature? Aren't we fully grown? That's what we like to think. but Because uh, people, also, you hear them say in a moment, I don't have to do that. I'm grown. I can do whatever I want to because I'm grown. 
but no, it's a physical stature thing. And, and I believe that Adam was 16 or 17 feet tall is my understanding. And so um, we will grow back up to that stature, that height or, or close to it. I don't know that we will all be exactly the same height, but you know. Yeah, in fact, uh, I forget which book it is, but she shows she says that when all the people are there, you can see the the, uh, the digression of the yeah the yeah. digression of the stature of mankind with Adam being sixteen feet tall and then down to five foot or whatever we are now, but Jesus of course above all. So that was that was pretty amazing. I thought about that. Mm -hmm. Says the redeemed will grow up to the full stature of the race in its primeval glory. What does primeval mm -hmm. mean? We're looking like we'll all go back to 30 years old, 25, 30 years old, everybody. Huh? <laughs> everybody go back looking 25, 30 years old. What about the 18 year old people? Yeah, nah, I think they'd be nah. even younger than that. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to look older, I guess. But it's, it's pretty amazing that what God has planned for us. Um, paragraph 135.3, Miss White's vision. Of the new earth. Elder Carol, before you move on, there's mm -hmm. a part in that um, paragraph that you just talked about the redeemed will grow physically to their full statue. I mm -hmm. said it. I kind of like that last part too that the beauty of the Lord and our God, it'll be in our mind, our soul, and our bodies will reflect a perfect image. Because I'm telling you, there are times when I, I can lay down some keys and can't find them when I say, Lord, help my mind. I said, I just, you know, I'm just going to be so grateful that my mind will be perfect. Amen. Amen. And my soul. Okay. With Jesus at our head, we descended from the city down to this earth on a great and mighty mountain, which could not bear Jesus up. Anybody remember which mountain we read about? Jesus stood on it and it's uh, flattened out and became a mighty plain. Mount Olive. Mount of Olive. Same one he uh, ascended from. Says, then we looked up and saw the great city with how many foundations? Yeah. Why do you think it's 12 foundations? Anybody have any insight on that? Yeah, I read where the 12 uh, disciples' names were about, was it, was it on there? The Mason was one of the foundations, right? Mm -hmm. it, where each, each, each one, each foundation had one of the disciples' name printed on. Isn't that awesome, man? You get to whatever he did here on earth, it's going to last throughout eternity. That is something, you know. I wonder what's going to happen for Simon and Cyrene. You know, he carried the cross for Jesus. I wonder if he's going to have a special something going on. Mm -hmm. Anybody else comment on 12 foundations? The 12 tribes, too. You know, you have the 12 tribes. And I think of 12 gates to the city. Mm -hmm. um, uh, let's see. 12, ga 12 gates and 12 tribes, 12 apostles. 12 tribes. 44,000 is 12 squared, right? Mm -hmm. Has anybody ever heard that the number of perfection on earth is seven and the number of perfection in heaven is 12? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 12 foundations. I haven't heard that one. 
founded upon foundations with the apostles' names, aren't the apostles spreading spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ are the foundation of the Christian religion. The foundation is what holds everything up, right? What makes it stable. So they had a part in spreading the gospel message from the very beginning of Christ's crucifixion. And then as Patsy said, 12 gates to the city, how many on each side? Four. Four. Three. Hey, yeah, let's recount oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do three. <laughs> how about three? I'll take three. <laughs> three. Three for three on each side with an angel at each gate, and yeah, each gate is made of what? Pearl. Yeah, it says each gate is made of what? Pearl. One big pearl. Pearl. Pearly gates. Can you imagine the pearls on earth? What's the biggest pearl you've ever seen on earth? It's just Probably something around a chain around somebody's neck, pearls around their neck. Yeah, but these gates are going to be made of one pearl. Wow. That is amazing. Wow. And then the city came down from God out of heaven and stood on the place where they were at. Then they began to look at the glorious things outside of the city. Okay, so remember, this is the earth made new, right? So what were some of the things that were outside the city gates? Hmm. We're on 136.1. A beautiful houses. Is it the river of life? The river? The three. Well, they had beautiful houses with the appearances of silver supported by four pillars set with pearls. Most glorious to behold. Mm -hmm. And then there was a golden shelf. I saw many saints go up to the houses, take off their glittering crowns. Into the field by the houses to do something with the earth, not as we have to do today. Uh, okay. Field of all kinds of flowers. They mm. will never fade. Mm. It talks about the field of the tall grass. It's going to be a living green. It's reflection of the silver and the gold. Mm -hmm. What else is outside the city? Beast. Lion and the lamb fighting each other? No, they're not fighting. <laughs> this time the lamb beat the lion down. No, just kidding. <laughs> they all in perfect communion with each other. Yeah, says the lion and the lamb shall lay down together. Okay, so it's a lot going on outside the city. Houses, uh, people uh, putting their crowns on the shelf that's made for that. Going out into the garden to do something not like we... What do you think she's talking about when she says the people doing something with the earth, but not like we have to do on the earth now? You're out there trying to pull weeds and chop, <laughs> chop down trees and fight mosquitoes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. You, know, you guys, the other day I was sitting outside and I saw this big old bug, you know, it was flying and I was like fighting it, fighting at it and stuff. And so I took a picture of this thing and sent it to Google to, you know, search, Google search. And this thing is called a fly bee. It's a bee and fly mixed together. I was like, really? How did that happen? Big old thing, but it doesn't bite or sting. So that was all I was really interested in. So it's, I don't think we're going to have any hybrid, hybrid animals up there. You know, things kind of mixed up. No, those will all probably be destroyed in the uh, fire. Remember, this is the earth made new. This is after all the 
evil has been done away with. So of course, everything's gonna be gorgeous and beautiful and glorious. Uh, Patsy mentioned the grass looking like silver and gold and all the animals, the lamb, the leopard, the wolf, all, all together in peace and harmony. And it pointed out also a glorious light shining about the saint's head. Have you ever seen those uh, paintings of people with halos on their head? Yeah. Yeah. And it says that we'll dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. Is there anybody here that would go out and sleep in the wilderness and the woods by themselves tonight? Yeah. Not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> not, not tonight. Do you think yeah. it's safe out there to do that? No, if you know you're dealing with bugs. Well, yeah, I mean, I probably we don't have to worry about no wild animals. Like we could go right behind our house and the trees back there. And that you ain't probably the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> but in today's society, especially if you're a black person, you may go to a camping area and you don't know you're the only black, and you might have some people out there that don't want blacks around, and they could try to harm you. That's yes. true. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like it's going to be in the earth made new where we won't have any fear of anybody harming us. But today you have to be careful, like everyone has mentioned. You can't just go out places and, and not take precautions. You know, uh, uh, again, this is the sinful world we live in. There are some nice places and you don't want to just be too scared to enjoy things, but just be cautious. Uh, as we all know, not everybody is your friend out there. But here in the earth made new, we don't even have to think twice about it. We just go out, sleep under the uh, stars or sleep outside or whatever. It says, as we pass through the woods, we're on our way to Mount Zion and we're traveling. We met a company who were also gazing at the glories of the place. Then she says she noticed something about these people they passed. What was it that was going on with these people? Some, some had on some red borders around their garment, and others had crowns that was brilliant. Some of the robes was pure white. Why was, why was theirs any different than anybody else's? Well, they were the uh, martyrs for Jesus. They were. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to be a martyr? He died. He died for your faith. He died for Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. So these are the people who had been slain for the cause of Christ. You know, and we don't, we don't know the exact number of all the people who've been slain throughout history for Christ, but I imagine it's a whole lot of people, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, sometimes people say it's only going to be 144,000 people in heaven. Well, there are more martyrs than that. Right. So we know that number is not exactly explaining the number of people in heaven. And then also it says, with those people, the martyrs, uh, well, before we go there, uh, anybody uh, know when a lot of people were martyred for Christ? What age period was that? The Dark Ages. The Dark Ages. Yeah, the Dark Ages back in when the Catholic Church was running the show in the 1200s to 1500 AD. They were just killing people because they believed in the word of God instead of believing in the Pope, in the power of the Pope, the papacy. And it's just sad that, that the people that went out there to do that, they had to have a conscience. You know, the Holy Spirit was probably telling them these people have done no wrong, but some people just followed their orders like soldiers. And, you know, Holly, she attended Lutheran North 
uh, high school. And then their mascot is the Crusaders. Well, the Crusaders were the ones killing these people who were Absolutely. living for Christ. Right. So I was thinking they need to change their mascot because that's <laughs> not good. You know, I don't even think they uh, think about it that way. But, you know, the more you know, the more you know. And I was thinking about that like that's a horrible mascot. You Did you ever say anything about murderers? it? No, this was after she had graduated. But oh, you didn't think about it till after she graduated? Oh, yeah, I just thought, I, yeah, it, it was a while after she graduated because oh. you know, you start thinking, What is a crusader? Right. Then you find out what it is, and it's like that's the worst mascot in history. Oh. Sure. Murderers for your mascot, but anyway. So during the dark ages, they were killing people. Do you guys watch uh, watch that show on TV? It's called with Adam Ramden. Is it Game of Thrones? No. <laughs> okay. No, it's not Game of Thrones. I don't it's know. It's a Sabbath program. Lakita, what's that program we watch? Legacy or something like oh, that. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, and they go all around the world pointing out um religious sites and spiritual sites of where things have happened uh -huh. i've watched that before yeah uh -huh. i wish i could think of the name of it i got it right on the tv <laughs> but anyway they were talking about the crusaders and about the martyrs and you don't realize how many people were willing to die for christ you know and these people were willing to hide in caves and live up in the mountains and withdraw from society and you know, barely had food or water to drink all for the sake of Christ because they love God more than they love their very lives. Isn't that and funny, Lee? And sometimes mm -hmm. we can't even get people to come to church, just come across town a few a mile <laughs> or so to church. Well, you didn't have to bring that up, but that's true. <laughs> also, that's Elder Carroll, you know, that, that, that makes me think too, that God has to perfect us now and take us through experiences now because once he once we get to heaven, we're going to meet these people that done had some of them. It's it's not it's not nice to say, but had their heads chopped off. You know, being some people were burned alive because they stood for Christ. And you can imagine the angels that didn't fall. They're watching us very closely, saying, "Jesus, are you sure you're going to let them people from Earth come in?" Because and you know, I said, it, and I think at one time I read in Ellen White where. Some of the angels, they had to turn against some of their friends when they turned against Christ, you know, and, and when the Christ put them out, they don't want us just coming in and doing the same thing their friends did that they had to put out. Hmm. Good points. And that's why everybody's going to be tried. And if you don't make it, you're going to know why you didn't make it. It's not going to be a big gap. Yeah, the name of that program is Lineage Journey, and it's on the Hope Channel. Mm. Yeah, it's really a good show. They talk about all different places where uh, the people got started out or were taught or were um, chased or, you know, it's really a good program. Talks about talks I did about it on some people. channel called 46, I think it's 46.4, and I don't have cable, but that's how I ended up seeing that. Yeah. I didn't know it was the Hope Station. Yeah, it's really a good program. They talk about the martyrs that lived up in the Swiss Alps and the people over in Germany living in caves and the French caves. Really amazing. So those type people will be the ones with red on their garments. But then it mentioned after them, uh, 
innumerable. I mean, you can't even number them all. Company of who? Little ones. What, what they mean, little ones? Children. Why were the kids there? Because they were killed with their parents. Yeah, it says the kids had him of red on their garments too. So even children have been martyred for, for the word of God. And sometimes we wonder what will happen to the little kids, orphans, or whatever. Well, here they are, innumerable little ones who lost well, the their one that been aborted. What'd you say? The one that been aborted. Yeah. Oh, the ones that been, have been aborted. Could be. It's, it's just so much going on, you know, in the earth made new and in heaven. And then it talks about, I saw the little ones climb, or if they chose to, do what? Use their little wings and fly. To the top of the <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Very interesting. What kind of uh, trees were there? The pine. Uh, Box, pine, fern, oil, everything. Myrtle, pomegranate, big tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Uh, and that's just some of what she's mentioning to us. You know, she's not mentioning everything. Uh, trees all over the place. But then as the people were about to enter the temple, Jesus raised his voice. And what did he say? Only the 144. Only the 144 can enter this place. And when are we going to start shouting hallelujah? Hmm. How come, who are these people and how come they get to go in there? They are the ones who are alive when Jesus comes. They're going to get to go into the whole um, thing. Those who are alive when he comes. Okay. That's what I think. I mean, I think that's who the hundred forty four. Very interesting. I'm sorry. Who did you say they were, Nikita? She just wanted to see if I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I, they, they are the ones who are alive at the second coming of Christ. Oh, okay. Very interesting. But you know, it goes not... on to say that they that she saw that the tables of stone, which the names one hundred and forty four thousand, were engraved in letters of gold. Hmm. After, as she says, after we beheld the glory of the temple, we went out, and Jesus left us, and we went to the city. You know, uh, it's something, you guys. Let's say that that's how many people are alive when Jesus comes. What kind of thing is going to happen? It causes so much devastation to the earth. Now, we already see that, you know, let's say with that tsunami, I don't know how many people, was it 20,000 people died with the tsunami that was in Japan some years ago? But we see that, you know, hundreds of people die at a time, you know, with some of the floods and, you know, uh, hurricanes and stuff. But a hundred, only 144,000, that's hardly nobody. Mm. So, um... I read, Lakita, that the 144,000 in, will include those who have died since 1844 in the light of the three angels' message. Okay, you'll have to uh, share us the uh, reference so we can study on. Okay, so okay. they're going to include those who died. Man, that's mm -hmm. not a lot of people, Karen. That's, that's pretty scary. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, I thought we, we remember we read before that not one in 20 Adventists are prepared or people are prepared for the second coming. 
And it's not even, it doesn't, it didn't even say one in 20, it said not one in 20. That is just so really scary. That's pretty, that's pretty thin. Yeah. But we, we have hope in the fact that his spirit is going to be poured out upon all flesh. And, and, and when he comes, standing on the sea of glass will be a number that no man can number. So, you know. Yeah, but those are people before 1844. <laughs> 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 this is awfully scary, mm. you guys. Because uh, it's my understanding, too, that part of the 1844 is going to be those that live through the time of trouble, like you said, the living that make it through the time of trouble. Um, but but I remember reading specifically that it's going to be those who died also in light of the three angels message. Yeah, let us know where what the reference is so we can all study on it. So uh, let's see, 144. Yeah, their names were engraved in letters of gold. And then it says, I saw the next paragraph. I saw a table of pure silver many miles in length. Pretty amazing, right? A table many miles in length, yet our eyes could extend over it. Boy, you talk about some powerful vision. I saw the fruit of the tree of life, the manna, almonds, figs, pomegranates, grapes, many other kinds of fruit. And she asked Jesus to let me eat of the fruit. And he said, not now. Those who eat of this fruit of this land go back to earth no more. You know, she's probably thinking, yeah, that's why I want to eat it, because I don't want to go back. <laughs> I know but, that's right. Yeah, but in a little while, faithful, you shall both eat and eat of the fruit of the tree of life and drink of the water of the fountain. He said, you must go back to earth again and relate to others what I revealed to you. And then an angel bore her gently down to this dark world. I'm sorry, Elder Carroll. If I was her, I would have been pleading with God not to send me back to this dark world. I would have. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I would have been trying to fight to get to the food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to have a Jacob experience wrestling with the angel. You ain't taking me down there. Been like, Gabriel, help me. And how do you think she felt after she was back on Earth? After having that type of... Depressed? Abuse? She was depressed. I would be depressed. It's like, oh, Lord. Yeah, and then I think she would have had a fight, you know, as far as she's coming back and she's telling people, this is what the vision, this is what, you know, Christ told me to tell you. And with, you know, as hard-headed as some of us, especially when I grew up, I mean, can you imagine all these hard-headed people she had to, you know, keep saying, well, look, I can only tell you what thus said the Lord. And they still looking at her like she crazy. Mm -hmm. That's true. But you bring up a good point, Patsy, is says, you must go back to earth again and relate to others what I have revealed to you. That is, the Lord is saying that to each of us, that it's our duty to relate what we've learned to others. So that's our part that we have to play as ambassadors for Christ. What we've studied, what the Lord has revealed to us, we should go and relate to others and help them to understand more about Christ and his soon, soon return. You know, time has grown really short and we don't have the type of time, you know, that there was before now to just sit around and do nothing. But as we learn, we should share with others and invite other people to learn with us. Uh, invite your family, relatives, friends, whomever, people on the bus, people at school, people at work, 
invite them to learn more about Christ uh, with Bible studies. If you want to study with them or they can, you know, have the mail order studies or they can tune in on the TV or, or uh, do the Zoom podcast, whatever, any kind of way that we can to let people know about Christ, let them know that his word is true and that he truly is the way, the truth and the life and that no one comes to the father, but through him. So let us be good ambassadors for Christ and help spread what we've learned with others who need to know this truth. Amen. 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 But you know, Elder Carol, sometimes when we're sharing with people, we don't see the results. We you know you we just keep sharing. But mm-hmm. believe it or not, I think it is sinking into our young people. They just don't always express it when we think they should express that they're learning something. Yeah, that's true. That's but God knows true. the heart. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on sharing the truth before we wind up? You said, what was your question then? Any other thoughts on sharing the truth before we wind up our lesson? I think the best way to share the truth is the life that we live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent way. Okay, Karen, which, what are we on next week? Um, chapter 86, uh, which is dealing with the youth. Oh, just in time, talking about mm-hmm. the youth. Okay, chapter 86, dealing with the youth in testimony volume one for next week. Again, mm-hmm. invite someone to join us and uh, let others know Christ is soon to return. Amen. Amen. Let's Amen. Close out. We'll close out with a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the truth that you've given us and the truth that you've allowed us to understand and experience. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit's guidance. We thank you for your prophet who has shared what you have told her with us, that we may share it with others. Continue to be with each of us, Lord. Forgive us, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. Save us by your almighty power, dear Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. 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 Everybody have a happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Okay, Bye. Bye.